0: Yes, yes, indeed. House of Pride Radio, ladies and gentlemen, live from San Francisco. Feeling real, I'm feeling real. How about you, Mr. James Driver? Seconds.
1: It always real. It's always real.
0: <laughs> Can you elaborate?
1: Well, how real? This morning I woke
0: up. I got the
1: call from you. Hmm. I jumped in the Jack London, swam here, grabbed a humpback whale, slapped it, and said, "Get me over here in time."
0: You came all the way over. You're a bridge hopper. Uh, representing LGBT, LG oh my God, LGT
1: the LGBTQ community oh, center right, of I've Oakland, California.
0: LGBTQ,
1: that's right. Uh, we've been around. This is year two. We've done this.
0: Congratulations!
1: And uh, we couldn't be more proud with the things that we've been able to do and accomplish. Uh, we have this great partnership with. Uh, the Grand, Le- the Grand Ducal Council of San Francisco and Alameda yes. and Contra Costa County. Yes,
0: you do, and you have a great show coming up Sunday, folks. Yes, it is called a
1: cosmic event for Uranus. Yeah, cosmic event for your anus. anus. Just in case. We were thinking of a title, and I was thinking somewhere between space balls. And uh, E.T. And And that's what came
0: out. That's what came out. Just in case you uh, needed an event in Uranus, this Sunday, uh, next Sunday, which is um, uh, January... Uh,
1: February tenth. February tenth. February tenth. So you have enough lead time. Oh, it's not next Sunday. It's not next Sunday. <laughs> We're gonna give you enough lead time to get your I'm so get your wardrobe today together.
0: <laughs> as, your, as the host, so sorry. February tenth, Sunday. It is a fundraiser at the LGBTQ uh, facilities over in Oakland, uh, which is a um, very significant. Um, uh, production. The, the building itself. It's. It's. You said two years. I two can't believe years. It. I remember when you came on here and when it was just opened.
1: We had a dollar and a dream, and uh, we wanted to fulfill the needs of a community that needed it. You know, Oakland has a large, diverse community, especially in the LGBT community, and for and it has for some time. Has for some time.
0: And it has. It seems like it was never properly represented.
1: Uh, well, we've always been here, but we've always had to jump on the BART to get over here to Mother San Francisco, and we've sort of been like the. You know the lesser-known the lesser-known hotspot but you know things are yeah. coming back
0: but you every know? city should have uh, you know It's shining light for the community and the the idea that Oakland didn't ever have... Did they ever have one in the past?
1: Oh, well, we had Oakland Pride before it became East Bay Pride for yeah. a while. It got kind of muddied and watered down. The event, yeah. The event itself. Well, you didn't
0: have a building.
1: We didn't have a building. I mean, there, think was, that, there was about There was a need. There yeah. was a need, but, you know, it was always... I mean, one of the oldest gay bars in the country is the White Horse. It's been around for a very long time.
0: That's right. It still is.
1: And we have a history. We have a history. And if you ask some of the older queens... That's what I mean, girl. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> if you ask That's what I mean. <laughs> Yeah, I know, I know. If you ask the older queens, they were like, Oh yeah, we used to party all the time in Oakland. I know, and the idea that since
0: it's a vibrant um, uh community out the, out of, over in Oakland, which is a major city in the US.
1: One of the most diverse populaces in the country, number one. Yeah. Most diverse populace in the country. And finally in the year two thousand and sixteen. We finally get our due. <laughs> That's about the time the Warriors started winning again.
0: And so and, and you know, and they were the catapults of, of the uh the And now they're coming to the ribbon cutting you know the full circle yeah um so you were one of the pioneers in getting it the shovel into the ground
1: yeah when i came back over from uh doing a lot of time at the castro country club um one of the things that uh when i left there was i I was looking around for different venues because i had started working full-time in oakland and uh it just popped up in jim and joe uh and and jeff um those guys uh they welcomed me with open arms, and when I came in, they were like, is there anything that you can do to raise any money? I like, well, I know a bunch of drag queens, and I could throw a show for <laughs> you. And it's like, yes, we need money.
0: Bring us money. That's always the go-to line. I, I know a l- bunch of drag queens. I know
1: a bunch of drag queens. <laughs> we can put on our frocks and dance around in a circle.
0: One of those drag queens like is queens. our mutual friend, Cruz and Deleu. Yes, Cruz Delu. The reigning.
1: The reigning Grand Duchess of Alameda, Contra Costa County, and I couldn't be more proud.
0: Yes, ma'am. To
1: be underneath her massive girth <laughs>
0: philosophy <laughs> and physically <Yeah. laughs> you guys yeah. get it on yes All we do alright so your event is entitled Uranus no <laughs> cosmic the cosmic big event. letters big
1: letters big letters big <laughs> letters a cosmic event getting, for Uranus
0: for some reason getting stuck on the yeah. um, Uranus part
1: yeah well everybody gets stuck in the anus mm-hmm. It, and it's uh, a very
0: special monthly fundraiser, and this will be the debut.
1: This will be the debut. It'll be a one-time. It'll be a one-off, and we'll see if we can we can repeat it. Um, I. It started off because I was I am the reigning prince of hearts of Alameda and Contra Costa County. Well, congratulations. Now I'm James. running for you. I am the prince that would be king because now I'm running for king of hearts of Alameda and Contra Costa County, and I also wanted to uh, work with the, in conjunction with a lot of the bars that have just been popping up. We have Club B and B. We've had Club Twenty One. We've mm-hmm. also had um, Port Bar. Where this function will be at? Yes, the Port Bar in Oakland. It's a little bit mighty, and it's it's a pretty awesome little
0: spot. Folks, come on out and join James and the Drag Queens for uh, a free drag show fundraiser. All the performers are welcome. Please contact James if you'd like to perform. So, ladies, if you're itching to get on the stage at the, we'll put you in some Port bar. Uh, James we'll get has you a up spot there. for you. Yeah, and uh, of course, as a fundraiser uh, uh, for this specific specific event. Uh, where are the funds uh, being channeled to?
1: Uh, absolutely, my my marine has always been for the Oakland LGBTQ Center. Uh, it's uh, yes. it, we do a lot of good work, and it needs all the help it can get because you know gentrification and everything. And, you know, uh, a dollar doesn't go as far as it used to, so bring two, bring three.
0: Well, it's a new n- new concept, new building, and you have to, like, uh, you know, feed it some love. You have, you have to build it up. And
1: uh, Well, we've been overall embraced by many, many... In- we have a lot of uh, gay professionals, uh, counselors, uh, social workers. I'm a union advocate. I work with the teachers' unions. I'm an SEIU uh, 121 guy. Uh, And I work with a lot of the teachers and uh, you'd be surprised that in the nursing, the the nursing union, they support, they support that center because we have a lot of healthcare professionals that work in house Uh, and uh, basically in counseling and in family, family counseling, actually, there's a big need for it, especially when you have uh, trans parents. And uh, they haven't had that need fulfilled, and we're mm-hmm. doing a lot of things, specifically with the trans community in Oakland that haven't been done before, I think. Fabulous. We're breaking new ground and we're helping people where the help has always been least available. You know, People get lost in the shuffle. And that's what the ducal Council does. Yeah. is we fund the, our main goal is to fund those programs that don't get the funding so i'm always i'm always pushing th- this idea that we can have a party we can have representation but we could also support those people that are the least thought of in the community because you know the, the rainbow flag covers a lot of ground but some people still get left in the in the in, in the creases so we're, we're trying to do the most for the, as many people as possible
0: that's a beautiful thing uh so let's reiterate tell us again about the show
1: the show is, once again, big letters, folks. A cosmic event for Uranus. Ba-dum. Ba-dum. And it'll be held on February, Saturday the 10th, at the Port Bar in Oakland, California. 2023 Broadway, Oakland, California. And, uh... A few of the, our luminaries that will be showing up there and our, our, our great acts will be one, Kylie Monono. Oh, we love her. We love her. She is the, the best thing I've seen in forever. And uh, we also have uh, one of my one of the protégés to the court, one Vicky Sparkletits. You're gonna love her. You're gonna love her.
0: Wow, what a name.
1: Yes. It says it all. We have another... Uh, Does it, she
0: light sparkles on her tits? Yes. She shines. She shines. Shines bright like a diamond. Like a
1: diamond. Also, there will be a, a, a new transplant to the Oakland Bay area. One Holden Wood. A prospective king of hearts. My rival.
0: Well, you know, we just uh, got a uh, uh, Miss uh, Sparkle Tits on the line. Can you hear
2: us, Miss Sparkle Tits? Yes, I am here. How do you do today?
0: Oh, well, we're doing good. How are you?
2: I am doing fantastic.
0: Now, where are you? uh, What part of the Bay Area?
2: I live in Alameda, running for Queen of Hearts, for the Alameda Alameda County, uh, Duke Walsh.
0: Fabulous, fabulous! So James is sitting here with me. Uh, this is Tweeka Turner. We're here in San Francisco. Hey, Sparkle Tits! San Francisco, in the studio, and we love that you taking the time to connect with us here on House Pride Radio. I'm really curious. Uh, how did your name Sparkle Tits come to be? So my
2: Sparkle Tits came before I. Um, one of my good friends Margaret. Uh, I was doing a show with her and. She he kind of named me, and I was doing makeup on the side backstage, and then she kind of named me, and started, um, I kind of stuck with that. And then my dry grandmother put on sparkle tips.
1: <laughs> if the name That's fits, swear wear it. Yeah. Sparkle tips. <laughs> That's what we call in comedy, tagging it. You got to tag it repeatedly. And so
0: I've sparkle. never seen you perform, honey. Uh, what are you known for?
2: Well, i usually does mascara. Um, Third month. Well, I'm still new.
1: And I she's a dancing, dancing queen too. too. Oh.
2: Yeah, I've been for twenty six years with Alameda West Coast Dance Theater. Um, yeah. but three shows three shows going on. plus the uh, of on February 7th, the port bar
0: oh so she knows the port bar well James
1: yes they've been accommodating us for a while now they've been really good, yes. well, a really
0: yeah. good place well yeah well, just another reason, folks, should come out and support your fundraiser on the 10th of February. You um, not only because it's for a great cause, and you'll be there facilitating it, but because such talents as Miss Sparkle Tits will be performing in front of us for our delight. <laughs> yes, and we'll look
2: forward to um, hopefully winning um, the crown. Raising money for the Oakland LGBT Center and the Rainbow Center.
0: Fabulous. Now, if folks are sitting in, uh, in the front row of Miss Sparkle uh, Titsa, should they um, should there be a disclaimer for them?
2: Yes. Don't oh, we'll be going risky. They rope you or on you. Oh, because I don't want to get the audience to Some audience should sit and you'd be blithing enough.
0: I heard half of that, James. She's breaking up a little bit. <laughs> uh, the cell phone connection is a little eat the, wobbly. Eat, eat the phone. Eat
1: the phone. <laughs> oh
2: my God! now better.
0: That is okay. better. That is better. Okay, go ahead. You can. You can. Yeah. What did you say? <laughs>
2: so, um, I love to get the audience active. So sometimes I get audience up and dancing and lip singing with me. I'm trying to. Recreate myself this year. Oh, so sounds I'm daring, everybody. I'm trying.
1: trying she will to emerge from her chrysalis.
2: and <laughs>
0: from a caterpillar pod, yeah.
1: like Mothra. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, so 2019, ladies and gentlemen, is Miss Sparkle Tits' rebirth, recreation year of the new and better you.
1: The reborn Sparkle Tits. Yes, the
0: reborn sparkle tits. Not on, not more than just sparkle. Now in 2019, she has become the fireworks display,
1: glistening tits,
0: <laughs> full explosion yes. of love and talent. <laughs> oh yes,
2: and dance <laughs> and, and dance. dance. I have to have dance in there.
0: All right, Miss Minnelli. <laughs> um all right all right folks and just don't worry there's a fire extinguisher close by to the front rail just in case
1: just in case
0: <laughs> things get too hot yeah.
1: we will have ice on on the
0: stage <laughs> it'll melt <laughs> fast uh where can folks follow you miss tits oh
2: my um face is Vincent Ogden
1: aka sparkle tits with
2: this B. My you're Facebook a man is, <laughs> Yes, my Instagram is sparkletits. S P A R K, or Vicky, uh, Vicky and then
0: T I T. All right, honey. Exactly. Well, it's been a pleasure uh, meeting you. I will love to have you come by sometime in person uh, for a future oh, show.
2: Totally, you know, be there. Sorry, you say...
0: Well, next time all right, James, say goodbye to your lady.
2: Bye bye I have one okay.
0: You too, hon. Fabulous.
2: Bye-bye.
0: All right, we'll be right back. Here's some space music. It sounds like it'll be a great show if uh, Sparkle Tits would be performing. Now, who else do you have? Oh, Kylie Manono, of course. She's fabulous. Now, she's been going strong, and she's like, a, you know. She's
1: a, like Uber Queen. She's yeah. like right next to, I think, uh, let's see, who else? Uh, right next to Cruz, and I think she's the hardest working woman <laughs> in drag.
0: She's Now, she has titles under her belt, and she's been doing fundraisers. She's really quite a uh, strong front woman for fundraising.
1: I believe so I mean if you're gonna if you're gonna if you're gonna take a picture and be like this is the one she's like the one yeah well that's a great lineup there was a time actually she was doing like the wicked witch of the East like doing wicked yeah and I didn't see her in her regular skin tone for like a month like all I remember is this green that's how much she's working so she's on it fabulous well who else Uh, We also have, uh, of course, Vicky Sparkletits. We also have Cruz and Deleu, who will be in the building. Annie Cockledoo of the Grand Grand Court, of course, Mm -hmm. our Duchess. And also uh, a sister of Perpetual Indulgence, longstanding. Uh, We will also have uh, a young entry that just came in from Oregon, I believe. Holden Wood, a drag king. And uh, she's got some pretty way out stuff. So I'm, I'm really, it's all about the performance, yep. I would I think. And we have a pretty round ro- good round robin of performers. Uh, of course, there will be others added late. So if you want to get involved, I'm not going to say no ever.
0: Everyone should show up for this event. Again, it's uh, because it's such for such a good cause.
1: And then, of course, you know, Handsome Jimmy's going to be there. Mm-hmm. I've already got it worked out, man. We're going to go space trucking.
0: Space trucking. Space
1: trucking. It's gonna be. It's gonna be insane. I've always liked it. I've always liked this venue because it's small and you can't run. So we're where, gonna be where, all over you. Port, port. Per bar. Port bar. Uh, we are located at 2028 Broadway, Oakland, California. And uh, I'm sorry, 2023 Broadway, Oakland, California. Hmm. Right next to the 19th Street BART. So you don't have to no-brain it, man. Just hop on the 19, go up the street, and we're right out in front. Oh. so it's 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 convenient yeah. I love that way I love the way that we're built you can go across you can literally walk from one street to the other street and, 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 and just enjoy yourself at any gay bar that's in the next three blocks so uh-huh. plus also keep in mind we're the home of First Friday so First Friday is sort of like it's almost like a Mecca now where everybody comes out to Oakland and enjoy it. And the gay community is really in has been a pivotal part of, of first Fridays too. So we've really opened our doors and even the straight folks come like parties. So it's going to be a, it's going to be a great mixture. That one little street Broadway, we draw a lot of people. So it's, it, they see the, they see the good time happening outside. They want to come in and join too. So That's I'm hoping for a side. real crowd participation, good, good vibes, kind of thing so absolutely uh, it should be it should be one hell of an event
0: one hell of event of, of an event yes indeed James you're fabulous you want to hang out we're going to be calling uh, Chicago ladies and gentlemen thought you'd never ask yeah oh great great uh, well, we're going to be calling Chicago and hopefully this will work we're going to be talking to the uh, billboard legend himself Mr. Georgie Porgie folks he is uh, one of the most successful producer DJ and Vocalist in the dance business So we're going to hear all about it He has a new song out now Featuring Barbara Tucker How exciting is that So don't go anywhere Why don't we warm things up now With uh, his latest uh, With Barbara Entitled Love One Another This is uh, the Dirty Disco version Now Dirty Disco is uh, Mark uh, DeLang uh, Out of, uh, out of um, Houston, Texas Check it out folks Mr. Georgie Porgie, can you hear us?
3: Yes, I can hear you.
0: Fabulous. This is Tweek Eterna. It's so nice to actually talk to you live on House of Pride Radio. Thank you for joining us tonight. I'm here with uh, my friend James Driver II. James. Handsome
1: Jimmy, how you doing, Georgie?
3: Hey, Drain. James, how are you?
1: <laughs> I'm good, my friend. I am good. <laughs>
0: Fabulous, fabulous. Well, we were just listening to your new project, "Love One Another," featuring Barbara Tucker and yourself. We were just listening to the dirty disco uh, uh, mix. Fabulous sounding, wasn't that hot, James?
1: Yeah, it was. That's in <laughs> the right too. Not
3: really, really great. I was listening to you guys too. You guys are doing it. All
0: so, right.
3: Great
0: music. Well, Georgie, you're in Chicago. We're in San Francisco. I'd like to know uh, what was the. Um, what went into the the new project? What is it, what's it all about?
3: What happened was um, I was I had taken a little time off, and I really didn't feel like I really had had not sung something in a minute. And all of a sudden, I, I was writing. don't get me wrong, I was writing as I went along, mm-hmm. but I just felt it wasn't the project. And with everything going on in this world right now and all of this craziness happening, I just felt that we I needed to put something to push back on the negative energy. So as I wrote Love One Another, Barbara calls me up on the phone and says to me how are you just checking in we've really we've been i mean she's like a, you know i call her she's my sister you mm-hmm. know and she's a wonderful person love her very very much she called me just to say hey what's happening i said you know Barbara, i just wrote something really incredible so i played over the phone she's like oh my god girl, that's great and then all of a sudden it came me. i said you know barbara we need to do this as a duet and she goes really i said <laughs> yeah let's do this as a duet and she's like are you serious i said yeah 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 i'm very serious let's do this because we've always said we needed to do something together and every time we go to do something she gets busy, I get busy no, we're going to do this we're going to make this happen and it's pretty funny we went in and well, I, I wrote my part, sang it she was in Ibiza doing shows I sent it to her and, and then I was going to Ibiza and we were going to cut her parts because I had shows too while I was there. But then all of a sudden, we got crazy busy doing stuff. So she ended up cutting her stuff and sending it to me. And we, I put the record together and voila, we have a really huge record around the world. The record's doing phenomenal. It's gone number one on the Kings of Spin. It sat at the top of the track source, I, uh, the track source uh, sales charts, iTunes sales charts. It's been really doing incredible. And now... And now we got an incredible new mix that's coming out right now by Tweeka. Tweeka turned it.
0: Oh, thank I, you. Yeah, he do tell. He let well, he let me on it. I'm like, hey, uh-huh. knocking on your door. Can I get on a project with you and the, the diva herself, Miss Barbara Tucker? And you were gracious enough to, you know, give me a shot at it. it. It took a little tweaking, but we got it out there. And as it
1: does, as it does. <laughs> but things usually work out. That was pretty good.
3: It, it Tweeka did it. Tweeka did an incredible job. Really unbelievable. I actually played, I went live. on the lookout for that one. On my Facebook live. Oh, and people, thank people you. Loved they, went, they were really loving it.
0: That that's well. It's it's definitely a highlight of my uh, career. My new career as a, a remixer producer myself. So thank you for the opportunity. But let's talk about some of the other fabulous remixes you have on there. Um, how many uh, remixes did Dirty Disco deliver for you?
3: they did they did the one they did the club and they did a dub of it um we hello yeah we're here I, I thought i lost you there okay so they did a they did they did a club and a dub uh, right now mike ivy and well Glenn frisch and mike ivy just did a tech house mix and that is going to be coming out that Ooh. hasn't that hasn't been released yet um there's the, the original jack and house thing that i did uh then i also did a, a soulful house kano marley did a a real like really soulful 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 like Lou, Louis vega that type of sound terry hunter sound kano marley did an incredible sound that uh-huh. and uh we've just that's, that's the mixes that are out there right now so we have the, the original the jack and house i did a soulful mix uh, they did the real i should say a house mix they did the soulful mix you did you know your mix and then we have the Glenn Frisha and uh mike ivey did a tech house mix and you know i don't like to over mix something because then it makes the record seem like okay something must be wrong with the record but it's not something wrong with it many people have called many i mean i'm not gonna lie to you it's been i would say over 40 different djs called to remix the record and i've been had to kindly say guys we, we've got a lot of remixes already and this record's doing really really well and we, I, i'm grateful but I'm really happy with what we have, and I think we have a phenomenal package, and it just keeps on growing.
0: A phenomenal package, James. Did you hear that? Let's
3: phenomenal.
0: Uh, <laughs> phenomenal. Let's uh check out your Jack and uh, House uh, mix. Check it out, folks. Don't go anywhere. Deep It's time, baby. If <laughs> I'm the only one. Back with Georgie. <laughs> That's hot. Georgie, you with us still?
3: I'm here with you. I'm listening to everything.
0: Okay. That um, sounds familiar, that melodic structure in the background.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I felt I wanted... I knew it was in the same key, and it worked. I didn't write the song <laughs> to that mix, but when I... When I when I wrote the song, I was like, "Wow, this really, really works." So I went in and grabbed the sample, and it fit like a glove. And we're like, "Boom, let's go, let's do this, let's make this happen."
0: Fabulous. And I'm happy
3: Fabulous. that it because really people love that mix, and it's doing really, it's doing really well. It actually launched the record and gave it the legs it's been running on.
0: Um, yeah, it's so recognizable, and you just want it's an infectious. You just want to get out there and move your body. Mm. Yeah. Um, hey, um, we're trying to wrap, around, wrap our minds around this uh, huge success you've had over a long time. You're period no
1: stranger to number ones. <laughs> so
0: how would you best describe how people's, how your career is, you know how, is at this point how people like view you? What's Do, your art? You, you've been around for some time hitting home runs.
3: I've been been very blessed to have you guys a career that has had pop hits around the thing. I mean, we've sold millions of records around the world. We Billboard named me top 10 dance artists of the decade, and now they just came back and named me top 50 of all time. Um, uh, Next to the Michael Jacksons, the the Aretha Franklin. That's rarefied air. Now that... (laughs) Oh, yeah, now that's
0: huge, uh, James. What were you going to say? You, you, James, found a, a a song he wants to ask you a question about.
1: Yeah, uh, you're no stranger to number ones, and so we did a little cursory work here. We do a little <laughs> deep digging here because we're not we're not just here to fanboy. Uh, I
0: wouldn't say deep. But
1: <laughs> uh, uh, your hit that uh, dropped in 2002, "What's Love Love's Gonna Save the Day," was yes. a response to the. I hear it was a response to the 9/11 terrorist attack. Can you give us some well, background on that?
3: what happened was i had written life goes on before that and life goes on had gone massive around the world and i had another record ready to go called i love i love which ended up coming out after but people were like no we need another uplifting record i'm like dude i don't like you know they just don't come out these are these are truly a song is a gift i believe and they're like go in you gotta write a song like that. so i wrote love is gonna save the day so the song was done and weeks or uh, maybe a month later or weeks i forgot the timing on it but it's very in close pro- proximity all of a sudden 9-11 happens but what was unbelievable about the song that it was doing so incredible that it got to uh back then the the, the stain louis uh giuliani the one that was saying not, yeah, not the crazy one he well he doesn't
1: parade. know he can't recall
3: the, old, the grandfather the lost grandfather that we see now on TV all day long that crazy but back then, he can't and recall and after 911 he 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 goes I want him in our first parade um and that's what had to do with little even more with 911 that after the per uh, their first parade was a Columbus Day parade after 9-11 it was the first thing they were gonna have and they invited me to go there and I was like okay who else is gonna be seeing the parade but like no you and I'm like so again back then uh, I get there and they built me this massive float with a massive system, had red, white, and blue uh, balloons all over it. Uh, they brought this whole dance troupe. They had learned the song, and they danced. They walked behind the float. But what was incredible about this this thing was I was going down this somber, somber parade. Mm. And you could look around, and there were sharpshooters everywhere. And as we went street to street, you, you guys... All of a sudden, the world was—I mean, they were just dancing and having fun. And we go by the NBC Look Tower, and a person goes, "I could hear him because it was that loud the speakers." And they're like, "And Georgie Porgy has brought life back to New York after 9/11." And and on that float was Barbara Tucker with me. She was—I said, "Barbara, you got to come. This is going to be incredible. You got to come see backgrounds. I don't care what. Just stand on the damn float with me." So Barbara came, and she brought another girl named Charlotte Small, and mm-hmm. my friends came out, and it was just. An incredible thing, and, and that's so it had such a, a, a pointed thing, and it was unbelievable because the record was out there. And then, all of a sudden, after 9 11, we were on planes going to Italy and France, and these planes were empty. You guys, They were bare naked empty. It would be us and the flight attendant. I'd
1: imagine. And
0: wow.
3: Out there, and we're on the planes, and everywhere we went, they had decorated, they would decorate the clubs in red, white, and blue for us. Uh. And people come out. And it was just—it was a lot of goodwill the back then. Amazing, 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 amazing things that you could have ever experienced, and to know the love that they had for us around the world, and that's why when I bring it back to love one another, why it's so important for us to push back because we're beloved around the world, and right now we need to take. This this craziness and this fighting and all this stuff like that, and 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 push back on all this negativity because it's not needed. And we need to bring show the world that we are one, that we are we are love, we are who we are, who we've been our whole our lives. We are the sexual liberty which brings people into this country and welcomes welcomes everybody. So I'm I'm super super. Excited about the record, and and I'm happy with with Love One Another, what happened, and Life Goes On has its own story. They all have a chapter, it's pretty incredible.
0: Absolutely. Let's have a quick listen to uh, Love's Gonna Save the Day, just uh, for our children to hear.
3: All right, let's hear it. Turn it (laughs) up.
0: Um, that's a hot song, isn't it, James?
1: <laughs> that is a hot song. That's, that's primed and ready for spring come
3: summer.
0: I think it needs to be revived, 2019.
3: <laughs> we all need a little bit of reviving. Yeah. So when am I coming to Frisco? We got to hook up something so we can, I can come out there and perform and DJ and come out there and do my thing.
0: I don't know if there's a venue big enough for you, a talent such as you. We're yours. just going to so have gonna to
3: block <laughs> off the street, man. You know? Yeah,
0: exactly. Sling- it's going to have to be yeah. like a pride main stage.
1: I have a question for you, Georgie oh go ahead james this is a theoretical uh one of my favorite djs is jam master j from the old run dmc and he had said this oh. in an interview he had said that the way that uh recorded music is being played now that at the at this con at this time that we will remixing remixes at this point and after a couple of years we'll end up remixing remixes of remixes at what point does this become overkill
3: I have to tell you I completely agree with him I it's gotten overkill already now it's because what is happening is technology has allowed everybody to walk into a studio and just snatch 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 things and put it together and what and then that's kind of again I'm not to bring it back to love one another but that's why we wrote a song and I did the remix with with the thing so I can show them that yo you can put a song over this stuff so we can get them into song mode again and start writing songs because this whole getting i get 12 mixes of the same stuff that they re re cut up and re re cut up and re re cut up and it's like how many times do you want me to play the same record in 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 every mix because every week i have a mix show that goes out to over 20 countries and that is becomes very hard to play music for so I believe it's it's gone. uh, It's if you ask me, how long is this going to be, or when we need to stop? We need to stop it yesterday because it's gone out of hand. Just make some new music it's okay but what it again it has to come from the djs the djs have to lead all the time and we've always been leaders but there's a lot of people not just scared to walk in they want to walk into a room and play the five hits on radio we would never play the five hits on radio we would be like oh hell no i'm not playing those records there's no way i'm playing none of the sorry go listen to the radio go to your car and listen to the radio i'm going to play you stuff that nobody has and that we've lost and we need to bring that back again and the people want it when i go out there you know, I play to the room, and I play them new stuff. And don't get me wrong, I play some some older stuff and some, you know, I'll go back and forth, but a tons of new music, and they don't leave the dance floor. They stay. They're there to have a great time. So I agree with you, and I agree with him, that the remix of the remix of the remix has to stop.
0: <laughs> yes, you heard it here on House of Pride Radio. We're taking a stand. <laughs> Take a stand. Um, where um, – do you have a residency in chicago
3: no because i'm on the plane all the time ah okay well but, tell, tell but, us a little bit about your upcoming not, itineraries but, <laughs> but, but uh, well like i just finished doing i did london i did amsterdam i did ibiza and i did italy Ooh. and then i came back came and did uh la it was a private party then came back did new york came back to chicago so i go back and forth i mean it depends on where i'm going i mean my next schedule starts off in in march we go back on the road again i'm home for the first couple of months just to prepare new releases plus a lot of remixes i'm doing a lot of i still write and remix for many people just finished a a song for a girl named tiffany out of south africa just did a brand new group out of asia um i'm constantly writing and producing for many many people so i'm very like I said, guys, I, I I say it a lot, and I really mean it. Truly, truly blessed to have a beautiful career that still, you know, warrants people. You know, they show up. I always say, "Wow, they still like me. They came." <laughs> you know what I mean? Question, question. I believe that there was like eight and a half thousand people. I'm like, okay, y'all still like me? Okay, thank uh, you. I have a question, baby. <laughs>
0: uh, James, sure. James has another question for
1: you. Uh okay. DJ of note, have you ever gotten, what's the craziest private party that you've been asked to attend and DJ at?
3: Okay. you I'm pretty sure you've had
1: some requests.
3: I'm going to give you a great story. So I was doing Calvin Klein's private party in um, Dominican Republic and uh he's kind of nose in the air like a lot of people and i get to the to the the thing and they had set me up with a really beautiful villa and i'm not talking about the villa but there they give you like people who are there to cook for you and all this other stuff and when i got there i'm a type of person that likes to do different things and i know what people don't ever see opportunities like this so in my, in my writer it said that I had to have a table. And they were like, yeah, no problem. They thought I was going to bring friends. So I had brought all, I wanted all the people that were working that day who were there to cook and all that other stuff for me i said i want you guys to come to this party and they're like no 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 we cannot come i said yes you can so they went home they got their clothes they came back they come in they sit down and then you know calvin sends his people over they're like no 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 no, they cannot be here and i'm like so i turn. i said because you know in my set i dj and in the middle of the set, i grab my mic and come around and sing love is going to save the day or one of my hits and I, I sing so i dj and sing so i turned to the guy I said does Calvin know how to sing? And they were like, uh, no. Well, I bet he better learn. It's a bit spider real quickly. It's a <laughs> spider. Went up. Go ahead. You know that? Learn it. Because I'm not singing unless, and I'm not, I'm not doing anything unless people get to sit. And then all of a sudden they were like, they were like, okay, they could stay. Of course they're going to stay. So, you know, I've had that craziness. I've had another place where I DJ'd in France and the guy kept on running from side to side with his tongue out of his mouth, and he was doing crazy, crazy shit. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> went to the left, he ran to the left with doing crazy stuff with his mouth, then he went to the right. I've had a lot, listen, a lot, I mean, I can go on. Uh, I don't know if we, are we are we rated R on here, PG? What are we on? <laughs> uh,
0: the sky's the limit, baby.
3: <laughs> okay, so yeah, I've had a lot. I've had, a listen, I've had people get naked in front of me, and then <laughs> you're like, okay. You, uh, you yeah.
0: go with it the plight of a dj i'm sure people have tried <laughs> to get into that exclusive booth with you
1: we've always had we've all had the weird gigs i've played for retirement homes i didn't know are you a dj james yeah i, I used to i used to dj back in the i DJed on a military i dj'd on a military installation that was my That's side hot. gig oh yeah it was great they have a big hole in the wall at the uh at the sierra vista uh fort huachuca uh nco club there's a big hole inside of one of the walls and they've never patched that hole and the one of the guys there at the nco club told me it's to let the recruits know that there's another hole that they can put in there with their heads Uh, (laughs) that kind of place yeah that's why they never patched it Uh,
0: it simmer down james simmer down
3: (laughs) oh boy y'all just had a next level that's next level shit right there i know
1: yeah i've played some gigs i've seen some things
3: (laughs)
0: Uh, um, one of the things about you, Georgie, that is so amazing and fascinating to me is that not only are you a uh, top-notch DJ, talent producer, you also are this amazing singer. And I was wondering where that talent, where how old were you when that talent started to blossom?
3: It really, um, I'll be honest with you, I came into it um from a kid i always sang but i was scared to sing out front i was like oh no i'm not singing i would always just like yeah 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 but i it just came about now where the soulfulness came from i always asked my mom it's be like mom tell me the truth come on now you, you hooked up with the milkman who'd you hook up with but anyway, said so, cuz you know it, and especially when you come into this and you got this soulful voice that in the beginning, I was like, oh my God, because everybody around me, like at one point I was touring, in, and this is not a stroke or whatever, just to give you an idea, when Backstreet Boys were not big in America, they were to opening for me in Germany, and we're out there doing shows, And, you know, they had these soft voices, you know, back streets, back, you know what I mean? And here I'm with this thing. So in the beginning, it was like, man, I should have had that. Maybe I I should have this little, you know, relaxed voice and did not know that God had blessed me with the voice that was going to be able to walk in the rooms. And people would crack their heads and go, like, did he just really just do that? Like, I just went to New York and did a a big soulful house thing with Barbara. We we went out and we gave back to people and we did this gospel thing. And when I got up there to sing... They were just like, okay, where, where, who is this white boy? So, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so, Lord, sing was, that funky just,
0: music, white boy. Yeah,
3: <laughs> I ain't gonna lie to you. So, but it's been a, it's been a blessing, and 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 it just came from you know nobody in the family, and it was something that I had to develop. You know, I just worked on it myself, and the way I worked on it, I would listen to the Patti LaBells and the Luther mm-hmm. the real singers, Luther Vandross. Oh, yeah. We call they, that the root. What they were doing. <laughs> and learn how to how they would breathe through something and just really worked on my skills and i was truly blessed because i was on the radio first as a dj and i really wasn't this the record was just going to be truthfully i i I recorded my first record just so i can get more money djing that it was not supposed to be what God had planned for me was not what I had set out to. I was just, you know, shoot, I was just trying to go from $300 DJing to $500 DJing. You know what I mean? Like, charge people a couple hundred dollars more, you know, because my name had gotten bigger and I had a record. But who knew that by the third record, I'd be signed to Warner Brothers and, you know, Daniel Poku, who did uh, Kathy Dennis and Pump Up the Jam and all those great records, oh, yeah, would be calling nice. me and signing me to Warner Brothers. And then after that, got signed to Universal, toured the world. Uh, Wembley Stadium you know all the big shows around MTV's and all that other stuff and and it just grew and grew and grew and it was a a great ride but uh, the beautiful thing I always tell people I didn't try to be jack-of-all-trades at one time it was I really was a DJ I honed in my DJing you know, I learned how to do it really, really well, and all the little stuff that comes with being a DJ. Then with the record stuff, then I developed the vocal thing. Then at one point it turned into with the full band. I did that for a while to hone that in. And then when the EDM thing blew up around the world, I started getting calls to DJ and sing. And I was like, "No, I'm not doing it." And they were like, "Come on." And my agents were like you got to go and do this. this is great so I put a, a show together and we ended up doing it and people loved it and so I can still go out I can go out with a full band which I, I still do I can go out as a track date and just perform against a track or I can come and DJ and and in the middle of my set grab the microphone and come in front of it but again I, I it's been I took time to develop to develop each portion of what it was, and it wasn't like it was planned. It was just like one of those things that, okay, we're going to go do this now. Okay, oh my God, you have a big record. You better get your act together and get on a plane and go overseas and perform for these people, and then you know, and on and on and on and on. So it was, you know, and and, and so I'm, I've been very blessed, and it's been a great ride, you know.
0: Yeah, it's amazing. I'm looking at your catalog here on iTunes, uh, and it's vast. Uh, but uh, just to reiterate, the new. The new EP, ladies and gentlemen, is entitled Love One Another. Georgie Porgy with Turner mixes <laughs> yes that's the only one you should buy no it's uh, the
3: many oh, fabulous hey <laughs> no Tweak Turner please please it's a great mix Tweaker Turner there oh, you go no. we can't say it enough should I say it one more time she's so Tweek- modest she's so <laughs> modest Jeez, be
0: quiet I want to hear Georgie say my name <laughs> <laughs> Tweaker Turner <laughs> wow that is so incredible thank you uh, but folks go out and download like I just did on iTunes or any other major distribution sites love one another Georgie Porgy Barbara Tucker. What an incredible diva she is, by the way.
3: When you, can, yeah. she could tear the We listen when she's done singing you gotta repaint walls <laughs> you gotta hire a painter you're like damn we gotta repaint the walls you took all the paint off the walls but no Barbara's an incredible performer wonderful person but beyond that she is a wonderful philanthropist she goes back and she gives back she's one of the people who just sits down like she just did a thing where she, there was a gentleman named Dr. Glenn Toby, which is Glenn Toby back from the days with Strictly Rhythm and had records out Back then, he created a thing called the Book Bank Foundation, and she took that and and there's a New York chapter. But she went in, and it went from one bus to two buses this year, and they did eight different shelters and gave clothes to all the shelters and Oh, that's so nice. B- so, so it's beyond the point of being a phenomenal performer and a great person she just doesn't has never forgotten to give back so you know wonderful person
0: wonderful yeah uh sharing her time to do such great things like that anybody who does that kind of stuff and you've been
1: collaborative
3: amazing. partners for how long
1: pardon me and you've been collaborating for how long
3: i'm sorry james I couldn't she,
0: james wants to know how long have you and barbara been working together been collaborating
3: uh for many, many, many years. Because what happened was again, um walked into a club one night and she thought, okay, here he goes. He's gonna get up there and he's gonna do like uh you know, everybody t- <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, a soft white voice. And I went up there and she's like, Oh, hell no. And then we were in a club <laughs> in Italy, and somebody started handing handed a mic out and you know she started vamping and she started doing it and then they handed me the mic and you know she kind of looked like okay let's see what you can do and then she looked at me and she said she just started bowing she's like oh hell no she's like i have met the the male version of me damn you are no joke so that from that point on she created a thing called, called let the singer be heard and she's like georgie please help me come along with this so i went and did that with her and then we just You know, from that point on, we'd go out and we'll do shows together. And she'd be like, okay, I need you to go up here and turn this crowd up right now. Come on. I need you to get out right now and get this room up. You know, Mm -hmm. light this room up right now. And the same thing, And you know, she'll come, like she came to do Houses of Feeling in Chicago for me. And I was like, okay, you need to go on now and just let's go this room needs to come light it up so we are that type of thing we're like a yin and a yang when it comes to that whole thing and so we've been doing it for for years but we met years and years ago it was one of those things where you would see somebody and do a couple of shows but as we went along she would be like wow and then I mean she calls me her mentor and her big her brother and 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 you know I help her with a lot of things and she's a sweetheart
0: we, well, hopefully we can interview her sometime. That would be a dream. <laughs>
3: I'll, I'll definitely, I'll definitely tell her. I will definitely talk to her because we have talked a lot. I mean, she's she's on the road right now. She had shows, so yeah. when she gets back to New York, shout I will out to barber. Shout it.
0: out, uh, Georgie's been a pleasure talking to you. We are. Uh, you may me. know this next lady. We're, we'll be. We're, so, we're, oh, uh, James, uh, we're calling. Uh, uh, Chicago to Atlanta, we'll be talking to Kim Sims. Have you guys ever crossed paths? I
3: love, 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 love Kim Sims. She is the bomb, bomb, bomb diggity. Yeah. She's a superstar. <laughs> she is a sweet human being. We, so we've nice. got to write songs together. She's an incredible performer. Kim is the bomb, bomb diggity. Would you like what to intro can- her? <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, she's not on the phone yet, James. No. So we're going we're gonna to do a musical break first. Uh, but oh my God, what a pleasure to, to have this opportunity to talk with you, Georgie. And I hope it's it's, uh, it, this is just the first time. There'll be many more times That's you'll nice. come visit I us really
3: here. Appreciate it, and I can't wait to get out there and do you guys' show. So let's hook this up. Let's see if we can get a Pride something going out there for me.
0: Absolutely, waited Pride on baiting breath. Yeah, uh, I've
3: done, I've done, I've done the, a lot of clubs out there, but it's time for me to come back again. We
0: get your agent on getting a Pride uh, main stage. That that would, seems like a really good fit.
3: Yeah, but we need to find out who the new person is uh, now because you know they switch them around every two seconds. That's you know, which true. Is funny. James,
0: so that's so we true. We find true. that out.
3: But I thank you guys. Who's in charge I here? Nobody. You both very, very much. Have a wonderful evening. And thank you for taking the time to give me this opportunity. I really appreciate it.
0: Folks, the new song is I Love Somebody. Go out and download it now. Let's hear a little bit more. Thanks, Georgie. We've talked to you uh, bye, again. Guys. Thanks, George. Bye-bye, you guys. Good bye night. Bye. Bye. All right, all right. Uh, We'll do a little bit of my mix since he plugged it. Tweaky Turner loves somebody. Georgie Poggi, Barbara Tucker. We'll be right back with the fabulous Kim Sims. Don't go anywhere. House of Pride Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, it's the new Kim Sim song, debuting right here on House of Pride Radio. It's entitled Dance Floor. Check it out. That was Dance Floor, the new one by Kim Sims. And James, what did you think of that song? Oh, wait, hold on. What else is playing here? Hold on. Well, we have a surprise for you, ladies and gentlemen. Kim Sims is on the phone right now, all the way from Atlanta, Georgia. Kim, can you hear us?
4: I sure can.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Now, I know there was some problem with you having a torrential thunderstorm tornado event over there. How did you fare?
4: Everything... My mother-in-law, I think I was telling you, she's 92, and her her lights went out. So I'm driving over there to, you know, try to get her together. And my phone was uh, was uh, dying, and I'm like, oh shit! I got to make sure I can get to tweaker now. So yeah, everything <laughs> is good, and um, I got enough uh, on my um, on my phone, enough bars to get a little conversation going you doing okay. And we're glad to
1: have
0: you. <laughs> yeah, oh, by the way, Kim, I'm here with my friend, James Driver II. Yeah,
1: you can call me, hey. Jimmy. <laughs> hey, James, how you doing? Hey, Mom, how are you? How's no, Atlanta good. treating you?
4: Well, you know what? Atlanta is treating me just fine. I can't complain. It's just been raining a lot, but all in all, it's good. It's real good.
0: Good to hear. Well, we just, uh, you know, we just played Dance Floor, the new song, one of the versions that uh, your producer sent us, Scott Featherstone, Uh and it really rocked us out. Can you tell us the... Yes, ma'am. That is a great sounding tune. Now, tell us about this new project. Wow, you're coming, you're bursting into 2019 uh, like full throttle. Yes. Well,
4: we had been talking, you know, Scott has been around for the last four four years or so. I just... Think he's just a phenomenal, you know, per, person, human being, first and foremost. But he's he's just got a style, um, you know, his remixing production style and his uh, just his all the way round of thinking when it comes to music. And his sound is a is very, you know, European UK ish. And it and you know that's where my that's where I get most of the love from, Tweeka. So um, this last year we thought we were gonna, you know kind of focus on that side of the world and see you know see what happens so i was over in july we um put down a couple of songs uh, dance floor was one of them and uh the other one was hold on me and that one is going to be coming out uh at some point but we're gonna we're gonna release uh a couple of thomas's songs be in between that but we're going to just try to you know, keep throwing them, throwing them out, but we're get, we're gonna, you know, do it from the other side and hope that it, you mm-hmm. know, comes back to this side. And of course, they would be nothing without the tweaker tweak so oh. you're gonna always
0: be in the remix uh you know game for us hopefully if you'll still have us if, uh, if i don't know i have to talk to my agent you
4: think about <laughs> it think about it fool <laughs> oh
0: my god um i'm honored i'm honored um thank you. thank you so exciting and this is a vinyl uh for the first yes. first part is this uh elaborate vinyl um Product uh, with all the mixes on it, the first batch of mixes. Uh, yes. And um, can folks uh, buy them yet, or when when can we buy them?
4: Uh, not not yet, Twika. Um I know that the, that the release we're looking towards March, uh, late March, early April. We we are in the final processing processes of getting the um, the right pricing for the for the um, pressing. So. Um, it's going to be within the next six weeks, but you know, I'll keep you posted. You know, you're going to be one of the first to have one and no. So, um, but yeah, we're looking, we're looking at at least uh, no later than, than March, early April.
1: Hi, this is Jimmy. Uh, so vinyl is yes. like a real champagne item now. It's a uh, real, yes. it's a real champagne item for like audiophiles. So yes. what made yes. you, what was your what was the, what was the idea about going to vinyl?
4: Well, my ass is old and shit. That's what they <laughs> had. <laughs>
5: yeah,
1: about. you go with what you know. You go with what you know. <laughs> like, I, I show a kid a CD, and they don't even know what the fuck that's
5: for. A CD. You
4: know? Right, right. They're like, huh? Well, and to be honest, I can't even take the credit. But that is part of it, because, you know, it is what it is. But, tweet, Um, sorry, uh, Scott. Jimmy. Has been,
5: uh, oh. oh, Scott, no, yeah. The,
4: yeah, Scott <laughs> Featherstone. Jimmy, Him, too. Scott Featherstone uh, was the one that, you know, wanted to to do it this way kind of make it a you know collector's item and he and uh des ford who is is the other uh producer and and um remixer on there and he actually co-wrote um uh dance uh, was it hold on one of those he, co- he co-wrote uh. with me i can't remember anyway um so yeah, they were—they're adamant about it because, like you said, uh, Jimmy, it's—you know—it's the champagne of, of the of the music world now. So going back to vinyl is the way to go. And I figure, hey, you know, I might as well try to stay in the vein that everybody's going in. If I want to stay in the game, to what level, whatever level I'm in, I'm just going to go with you know what seems natural. And since they are the people that I'm dealing with and working with. I'm listening to them and you know letting them lead the way. So that's kind of how that all came to be. All right. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, I think um actually I think those guys sent us a message. Let's have a listen.
4: Oh, okay.
0: Hello, San Francisco. This is Scott Featherstone from Jupiter Label. I'm here with Desi, and we're going to tell you a little bit about our new EP we're doing with Kim Sims called Dance Floor. We wanted you to do something um, a little special with Kim. So we figured that instead of doing the usual digital release, we could do something collectible that Kim's fans could treasure. It's a limited edition, pink coloured 12-inch record. We have six different mixes in different styles of house music from myself, Desford, Lee Pennington, Hall North and the Late Night Dub Addict. We would love Kim to sign some copies and even write personal messages to any fans who ask him directly. Hi, I'm Dez from Rocket Fuel Audio. I'm the one who recorded Kim's vocals for this release, and I also did one of the remixes for the EP. You can find out more about Jupiter Label on our website, JupiterLabel.com. Thanks for listening. Oh my God, Aww. that was so nice.
4: It's <laughs> so sweet, and when I tell you, they're such they're such good guys. They they well, I mean, like you, Tweaker. You believe in your music. You know what I mean. You live yeah. for it, and. They are you know they' they're married to it and I, I loved the whole vibe it was the from the from from recording to Scott allowing me to stay in his home and you know treated me like family um, just it was just a beautiful experience being with them And doing the recording and just being me and letting me be me and and, and singing Kim Sims like Kim Sims likes to sing and them tweaking and doing whatever it is they need to do. But it it was a great experience and I have nothing but uh, good things to say about them all the way around.
0: Well, the the new project is called Dance Floor, ladies and gentlemen. It is yeah. just about to burst on the scene, uh, yeah. coming over the pond from uh, the UK I'm over excited. To, the, over to the states. Yeah, I am too, and Thank God, you. I hope it opens up a lot of doors here in the states as well. Uh,
1: Me too. Do you Me find too. that? Oh, sorry. Yeah. Do you find yeah. that the European producers, when when they when they meet an American talent, that doesn't get a lot of like a wide berth, or it's, it's yes. been a while, that they yes. see something different. Like, I, that's not just been with uh, today's artists, but also with, like, Tina Turner. Like, she experienced yes. a renaissance when she got over yes. to England. Same thing yes. with Madonna. She experienced a renaissance when she got yes. there. That the yes. producers hear something different.
4: You um, know, Jimmy I think it's true. I do. I think that, you know, they respect... American artists and and I say respect for lack of a better word um, they appreciate uh, uh, what what we have to offer and they're, they're beautiful and wonderful artists all over the world but what I've experienced with you know with the UK and and and, and the producers over there they um they they respect my vocals they respect uh what I did in the past. And, and it blows my mind because, you know, they really think I'm like a, a superstar. And I'm like, well, hell yeah, I am. <laughs> I'm
5: Sims, superstar.
4: But it's like, you know, they make you feel like they really do believe and appreciate what you've done. Here in the U.S., you know, I think everybody's fighting for that next person, that next single, that next. Uh, singer, producer, and I think sometimes there's a lot of backstabbing and and all of the you know of the messy stuff. And you know if they haven't talked to you or seen you lately, it's like what have you done for me lately? Whereas with the with the UK uh, producers, they they hold on to the memories. They want to see um, you know I'll say me you know thrive again. And I think that's the difference. Between
0: the two, Jimmy. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Yeah, and um, also your your art resonated um, really well over there in the mm-hmm. in the UK. Too blind to see yeah. it was a massive hit. That's yeah. still uh, yeah. yeah. People still want to hear today.
4: Yeah, yeah, and there's a new group out, Washington. Oh, well, Four Diamond has a song called Blind, and they do a little um, sample of Too Blind to See It. Not me singing it. It's them singing it. But it is such a cute song the way they did it and just doing the Too Blind to See It part of it. It's a rejuvenation. It's you know, it's a millennial sort of sound. Mm-hmm. And I think that I can always sit back and look at me creating the sound of too blind to see it with the with all of the production and stuff behind it but i can always hold on to that being a hit record for me and not having to look and try to recreate it and then you have someone new that comes out and does a totally different spin and you know uses the uh, too blind to see it uh sample and once again the the person that produced it and 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 handled it in the 90s is still getting paid ain't that pretty ain't that special
0: <laughs> that's special <laughs> hey i want to do a shout out to your friend thomas hey thomas
4: <laughs> oh you know what thomas is listening and his brother tj and they um you know they love you Tweaker, and you already know Tweaker. thomas is gonna uh, he's one that will push through he, when i tell you he has been my well you know he's my my very very best friend but he's been my biggest fan and He's the reason why I'm even back on the scene for writing me two fabulous hits in "Deep in the City" and "Turn It Up," and of course the new songs that um, he's doing for me now. Um, we're gonna, you know, "Love Takeover," which is a is a I'm just it's a slammer, and um, of course I'm gonna forget i think it's called i want you is the next song but yeah he he's great and uh, he sends
2: the best uh to you tweaker as well thank you
0: he's uh thomas is outside of chicago is that right yes yeah
2: where you yes, where you
0: used to yes. reside is, is, is that's
2: right mm-hmm.
4: that's right you know what i still call chicago home i live in atlanta you know i i travel a, a, a lot and thank God I've been doing that in the last year, and I'm going to be doing a lot of travel. But I do have a home. I have somewhere I live, and that's Atlanta. And when I go to Chicago, I have a home, you know, somewhere to live. So that, uh, you know, it's special just to know that I can always go home.
1: Well, there's also the and Cousins thing where, you know, the South is the South, but a lot of the South yes. moved to the Midwest, right? Yeah, yes, And, yes, you know, yes. my folks are, you know, my folks... There are a lot of folks, when they migrated, they brought, they brought everything they are with them. So Atlanta yes. probably has a lot of kissing cousins from Chicago. Oh, yeah. That makes
4: sense. <laughs> you know that's right, honey. Yeah. And that
1: Chicago sound sounds a lot of like Mississippi.
4: You know what I'm saying, and the and the Mississippi barbecue barbecue tastes good because it came from Mississippi, and right. most of the Mississippi people that have barbecue houses there in Chicago that's so right. it, and I say that to say anybody that's from Chicago or is listening, they know what I'm talking about because you can't find good barbecue every everywhere, but Chicago's got great. Barbecue. I'm hungry now. God,
0: <laughs> give me some ribs.
4: <laughs> I need some ribs too.
5: Mm, that yeah, does but, sound um, good. It
4: does, doesn't it? Yeah. I try not to eat meat. Um, Anymore, But, you know, every now and then, a girl just breaks down and she got to put a little meat in her mouth. I'm just going to leave it at that. Over
0: we know about that, don't you, James? <laughs> you
4: know what's happening.
1: I say no lies.
0: <laughs> James is smirking. <laughs> no words necessary.
1: You're, you in right You're in the right place. You're in the right <laughs> place. Okay. Bring well, it on. Bring on
0: that barbecue. Mm-mm. Okay.
4: You should have told him. You should have told him what a nut I am. You know, I have
0: not changed. Uh, well, Georgie Porgie says hello. He says you're the warmest, nicest person. He loves you. We, we interviewed him. Georgie Porgie from Chicago. the oh. The producer and
1: uh, oh, okay.
0: singer oh. and all that. Uh, oh. we, we had a quick... Uh, interview with him just and I told him we'll be talking to you he's like send my oh. love to Kim Sims oh
2: wow
0: yeah um Kim your song was so good I want to play it again on the way out <laughs> <laughs> if you don't mind
2: I would love to hear you play. why are you laughing Twinkah
0: <laughs> I mean it's such an honor to have to have this oh, opportunity God. James because you've been a joy <laughs> yes I'm just happy well, I'm um, happy
4: too and I thank you so much Twinkah you know you have been an advocate, you have been a Kim Sims, you know, follower and, and absolutely. And, I'm a I'm a
0: believer, so team Kim Sims, and thank the reason you. is simple. I mean, you have a God given talent, and um thank it's it's just a, you know, it's art. Like uh listening to you inspires people, and that's what artists Aww. do. You know, thank
4: you so much. Thank yeah, you so so much. Yeah. Well, hey, listen, you know, I'm in the game for a while, and you know, I <laughs> it's called think longevity. That, I guess, Okay, oh, it's called longevity, and you know there have been moments, but I mean I, I've made it to another. Uh, I'm in another decade of my life now, so super I can exciting. Say, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm happy and and life is good. I, I can't complain.
0: Um, fabulous, and I know that you come out to California every now and then because you have family out yes. here by Sacramento, yes. and yes. hopefully we'll we'll get a chance to uh, run into each other
4: uh, this yeah, year. Yeah, definitely. You know, Tweeka, I'm thinking I'm gonna come out there either um, maybe late February or late March, because I'm going to be in the U.K. throughout March and, you know, part of April, it looks like. But, yeah, I'm hoping to um, to get out there and see my, my daughter move there now, so all my grandkids are there, my kids are
2: there. Ah. And if I
4: could, and, and tweet me, if you don't mind, mm-hmm. if I could just send out a shout to a dancer that danced with me at Sacramento, um... I want to call it Sacramento Pride but it wasn't Pride it was the um, oh the festival oh Oh, god
0: I remember I remember the pictures yeah there were you had two dancers
4: yes and and, and his name the the young man I'm speaking at is um, speaking of is Duran and I can't his last name escapes me right now but anybody that knows Duran and knows a great dancer it's him and he's been ill and I just want everybody in you know within my Mm -hmm. you know voice to just you know send some prayers up for Duran when I tell you just the sweetest young man and also just a phenomenal dancer. He's on the w- road to recovery, but I just wanted to give that and hopefully if he's listening, Duran, I love you and you know my prayers are with you. Thanks, Tweaker, for letting me do oh, absolutely. that. Absolutely. James,
0: you. do you know Duran? I'm not familiar, uh, but uh, we'll let, shout out to Shout the out man. to Duran. Shout out to yeah. the yeah. Young man. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, hopefully, well. Will, James, hopefully you can meet Kim if she comes out. this uh, oh, this. Yeah, I'd love that. You
2: know? I would love that. James
0: is I one of the that. founders of the LGBTQ community uh, Community Center in Oakland, yep. California. Oh, the first one bless ever.
1: You. Yep. Bless yeah. you, James. Good for you. Feather in my bless cap. You. One of the things that I'm proud of. You know, you got to leave Good something behind. I it, sure do.
0: That's yeah. a, that was a great stroke of genius there, James, opening up. It long, long overdue in, in Oakland, California. Um, wow. Well, let's uh, go out. Um, Kim, is there anything else you want us to know about this new project with uh, the guys in uh, UK?
4: Well, just just super excited. Um, I'm I I have a good feeling about it, and as I said, we're kind of um, structuring it to to be a you know a European sort of thing but I'm you know I'm hoping and praying that my folks back here will will embrace it as well and um uh, just look forward and also look forward to the next single um whatever it is going to be you know Tweeko mm-hmm. we want you to do a remix as well but um yeah so we got a lot of stuff coming and I'm I'm touring again and that's that's what's been the most exciting for me so look for me out there um look for kim she may be coming fun to
1: fun. a city near
0: you ladies and gentlemen can't
1: wait to see Absolutely. that vinyl can't see yes. can't wait to see that final product that's gonna be a beautiful over thing either.
4: it's gonna be beautiful and it's pink and I'm
1: Ooh, just, it's, it's gonna pink be cute. yeah yes baby because <laughs> i remember <laughs> so, when you know, prince when prince pressed his when he changed his name to the artist formerly known as prince yes. and he had the yes. yeah he had all his vinyl pressed with the with the yes. with the logo People yes. DJ
0: with vinyl now. It's it's made a comeback. It it, has. It's a thing.
4: See, I, I didn't put it on my label. I wanted to do it. This was this is Scott's baby and Dez's baby, and I wanted to, you know, just sort of birth it for them and then let them do what they do. So that's kind of how we we're, we're doing it.
0: Fabulous. Well, uh, yeah. it, the, the song is called Dance Floor. The vinyl will be ready for purchase soon, right? Yes, March. Late March. In, in yeah. late March. Folks, yeah. have a listen again. Now uh, Let's whet your appetites for when the thank whole you. project drops. And thank you for letting House oh, of Pride Radio... You. Play the tune early. We really appreciate yeah, it. And we love always. you, Kim Sims. F- oh, and
4: I love you
0: too. Uh, let's have a, a nice uh, round of applause, James, for
5: Kim Sims. Nice to meet you, James.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I love you, guys.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, House of Pride Radio, that is the dance floor, Kim Sims. That's amazing. On the floor. That's very housey.
1: Very housey. Very jungly. I can get with it.
0: Well, we're, we're wrapping things up, James. You've been a fabulous uh, co-host today. Love well, to have you, you back. Thank you for having me over. Yeah. Uh, so, I, I'm, what an honor to have you here. You've stayed the whole show, we, but we're, we're not quite done yet. We have one more guest. So, we've gone from here, San Francisco, to Chicago to atlanta can you think of the another city we can end it with what
1: can we do it new york
0: yes sir all right let's hit the coast <laughs> live from new york city it is poon draker's fabulous podcast that she sends us entitled groove line folks check it out
6: Good evening, and welcome to Groove Lines. I'm Poon. This is House of Pride Radio, and we're going to do it to you in your eardrums in a hundred words or less. Today's poem was inspired by the great Tom Jones and his 1999 song, Sex Bomb. I'd like to dedicate it to all the bold ladies who've thrown their underwear at him. I wish I could embrace the word panties, but that's for another time. One sophomore summer, I started an underwear collection. Underwear collected from the men boys in my life, some who I'd seen wearing them, and some I had to guess. Friend underwear and sex underwear looked the same. Tidy whities the kind with a school ruler snap-snap waistband, striped in yellow bus and navy clip-on tie, so boy, and so I asked them for them and wore them. One pair was so big, he was tall, and when I laughed at how large, he told me his mother bought them for him, demonstrating both her deep love and great expectations." And when I put them on, I felt like I was in a diaper like a baby girl hard at work growing my balls. My mother did not ask about them, but I never saw them again after September. I think, where are they now? But damn, she got them so white.
0: All right, all right, ladies and gentlemen, that was the House of Pride oh, show. Babe. Thank you to all our fabulous guests and to my yeah. fabulous co-host, James, yeah. driver the second, Jimmy.
1: We'll be we
5: seeing me, baby, you satellite. If you ever see me, move through the night. Aim, gonna fire, shoot me right. I'm gonna like the way you fight. I love the way you fight. Now you found the secret code I use. Wash away my lonely blues. Well, so I can't deny.
7: where my head will keep going but my body really shouldn't and so I'm trying to break that cycle and where it doesn't feel like so intense around this is linked to me being safe rather than just having the lifestyle that I I want to enjoy and I've earned based on my credentials and the other things that I've worked so hard for.
8: Does that answer your question? So when you say being safe do you mean Say more about that in terms of race.
7: Yeah, so the work of um, Joy DeGruy around post-traumatic slave syndrome talks a lot about those, um, I won't be as eloquent as she is, but basically they're learned behaviors that we pass down for survival sake. So if it wasn't okay to say something, right, you can't talk back, God forbid that, because there could be the punishment of death. Um, people were raped Um, It was just part of the culture. Like that was the norm. Even though I'm not saying it was accepted because... Of course, there was much more revolt than Nat Turner. If not, we wouldn't be here today. So there's always been resistance. But I do know that there are people who had to survive through those times, and there were coping skills like um, not talking back, making white people feel comfortable. The one thing I learned, I was reading uh, Ta-Nehisi Coates, oh, uh, I can't remember the name of the book right now, but the one he wrote kind of like a letter to his son. Yeah. I was reading the book. I was on vacation, and I had no idea. What came up for me was... I really know how to take care of white women. Like I can do that really well in a way that makes me safe.
8: I mean, now, in a I'm, way of making them comfortable. Yes. In a way of making them comfortable with you.
7: Mm-hmm. Mm. And that's a, something I'm. I'm also letting go of because I have to find myself in all of that. Like there's all the stuff on top of who I am that was put on for survival or even just to navigate successfully in certain environments. We hear the term code switching a lot and we I was with an executive and he didn't even know what the term meant and he worked in um, high school education
8: reform. He was a white guy? It was, yes. Well, I can see why he wouldn't underst- know mm-hmm. that term because I run into a lot of people that, that don't know that term because first of all, you have to be interested. Mm-hmm you have to be interested you want to know what other people go through and if you're not interested you're not going to know a lot of times people say well you know I I hear a lot of my friends say well white people should know by now they should know and I said you know there's a should and an is Mm. and you can't make an assumption that people are interested you can't make an assumption that if there's an article about black people that people are going to read it because a lot of white people and not only white people you know, so I'm not disparaging any particular mm-hmm. group. I'm saying this is like a little more common, and that other people, if, if it's if it's not related to my group, I'm not going to be bothered with it. And then when they do something like, oh my God, I didn't know. Well, you didn't care either. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't in your reality. And um, I mean, the reality is, if we're in this country and we care, we need to make. It things in our reality so you started your business and you started black girl Pro- black woman project like female project. young girl what is black girls code that's some that's mm-hmm. another program Kimberly Bright. Mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> so could you talk a little bit about that program and some of the messages that you're trying to impart Around not feeling like you have to take care of people who are different than you, but so that you can actually be yourself. Sure. So. I found myself
7: kind of whispering in at happy hours in the corner about what was going on at work. And we'd get together me and so, and I'd do it with various groups of girlfriends. "Hey, you know what herbs are you taking to manage your stress?" you know, and everything revolved around stress at work. And then I started hearing um things like Well, I can't say that, you know, like feeling censored, like I couldn't talk about what was true. So for me, black female project, number one is about truth telling and affirmation. I need to be able to tell the truth about my experience and really about what I've observed in the workplace, because when I can tell the truth, then I can heal from it. And then I can have a sense of uh, liberation from those thoughts and behaviors that had been holding me back from even saying or telling the truth in the first place. So an example would be, I can't tell my boss how I really feel and what just happened in that meeting because I might lose my job. They'll write me off as the angry black woman. Um, they don't like me when I talk anyway, they don't respect female leadership. So I'm navigating all the time. And this was the pressure that I kept feeling and thinking, wait, if my parents, right in Berkeley, California, educators, I'm creative, uh, kept us around lots of, you know, I wouldn't say super Afrocentric, but certainly African conscious in terms of black is great. Like black, is beautiful it was the 70s everybody was feeling really good about making a shift and then to get into a a certain level in my professional realm and not be able to well I had been trained along the way of course right what my place was so when I started feeling like my body started to reject what was going on because I was trying to be honest and um, navigate with integrity, and all these strategies were used against me. And there are certain strategies people have experiences.
8: I don't want to be too vague. So well, yeah, yeah, yeah. What I was going to ask if you could be, if you could, without mentioning, I probably don't want to mention who the organization oh, was. No, I won't. But if you could just. Because I know if there's a lot of people listening that probably can relate. Well, here's a lot of people listening who want to know. So, any tell us, give us a couple of examples. Sure. Um, you're not meeting expectations.
7: Um, you're you you're not meeting expectations. You oversold yourself in the interview. <laughs> you really aren't doing this right. Well, what exactly are you looking for? Well, um, you should know that already. Well, there there are certain terms. I guess they're kind of like. Um, codes too, that this thing, what happens is, so I start in this situation, I was told, Hey, you know, like what, what are you, what are you bringing to the table? Well, you interviewed me, you hired me. We're about six weeks in. What exactly are you talking about? Like, what do you need to see right now? Well, you're not really, you know, what are you bringing to the table? What have you accomplished? So I start sharing, you know, things and the plans moving forward. But what happened was there were never any expectations. Expectations established that are connected to an organizational strategy. So as I begin to start throwing darts at your moving target, that every time you tell me, now I'm feeling unsettled. So now I'm feeling and questioning my own ability to be successful because you're questioning my ability to be successful. And then add on the layer of, in meetings no one has the same cultural expression that I do because of course I because was you're brought the only in black woman brought in to diversify the organization didn't know that at the time mm. would have preferred for me to be a nice token and not try to do any work really just kind of do what we say and be quiet over there because our board and community said we had to diversify since we serve kids of color across the state you know maybe somebody should who looks like that should be on the executive well in the director level so Um, What happened is the isolation I felt because I was working so hard to try and please, then I started self-isolating from family and friends because the work was so intense. And that's a pattern that we've noticed in Black Female Project is number one, people being told they can't, they're not meeting expectations, being organized out either by there's no more funding or hey, we had a really creative, one woman she said I was pushed out, they moved me into a fellowship, like because I was too vocal. Um, very creative ways of not having to deal with something that's different than what you're used to. And the fact that this, it may sound rudimentary, but it is, I don't see you as successful. Therefore, in my mind, even though you are doing things that would lead anyone else doing what you're doing would be considered a peer for some reason. You just, just doesn't, it's not right. There's something about you. That's just not meeting our, our expectations and no, 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 you know, you're not going to be paid the same as everyone else. You're not going to be paid the same as everybody else. No way. No way. No way. I was, when I was negotiating my transition um, and I said, I think what you need to do is eliminate my position until you can figure out what you want to do with this area of work. um, The whole demeanor changed and I was asked, well, how are you going to take care of yourself? What? How are you going to take care of yourself? They want them to know how you were going to take care of yourself? Because, of course, if if he's not going to take care of me, how am I going to make it? Oh,
8: got it. I was going to say, you could say, well, uh, <laughs> with that half a million dollar settlement that you're going to give me. <laughs> By the way, regarding that, so I talked to
7: a couple of lawyers about the situation, and this is what the the classic one I love so much, that I would encourage people to... Um, You know, if you have an opportunity or something's not right, say something about it or document it in some way. There was no HR department. It was a nonprofit organization. There was no way to, that I thought, to report, although there are places in the state. They said, look, there's no documentation that you ever complained. You never wrote a letter to the board. You never said anything was wrong. This is really, really, really unfortunate. It's Mm. an awful situation and it happens every day.
8: Yeah, it happens every day that, so you never complained. Well, you know, one of the issues that I I found like in my work with different organizations, uh, especially dealing and and with people of of color that a lot of times, I'm saying a lot, I mean, this has happened enough times with clients that I've seen this, that you'll have somebody, maybe there'll be maybe one or two African-Americans in the organization and people are a little bit intimidated, uncomfortable, awkward about what to say, so they kind of don't say anything. And then it's time for maybe initial uh, initial review and... They don't really, really review you because they're really uncomfortable and they don't really want to tell you that something needs improvement because then they're afraid of being called racist or whatever, or they just don't know how to say it. So they smile on your face. And then at the end of the year, you get a notice and the notice says that you're fired. And, And this has happened with enough of my clients of color, particularly black clients, particularly actually women, but men too, Mm. that at the end they said, well, nobody said anything to me. My reviews always said I was doing fine. Nothing specific, but they always said that I was doing fine. And then all of a sudden I'm fired. And they said if I would have known that something needed improvement from the very beginning, I could have worked on it. But what happens, and when when I've talked to some of these people who, not always, but oftentimes are white, so how come you didn't give them any type of criticism or constructive criticism? Well, I would have, but I didn't want to be accused of being racist. Oh, so you just waited and then you just fired them. Okay. So then it becomes, well... Let's really mainly hire people who look like us because I don't want to be uncomfortable. And it's so much easier to tell somebody who looks like me that they're making a mistake because they won't accuse me of anything. Does that sound...
7: So, um, <laughs> so I, before, so black female project is celebrates black women who yeah, tell thrive us at work, yeah. celebrating black women who thrive at work and preparing young black women for the realities of the workplace. So how do black women navigate r- structural racism and sexism and continue to move through leadership roles and have thriving careers. What we asked people to do, initially I was gonna share my story and I said, well, we we have to do more than mine if it's gonna be useful. And so I asked some friends of mine and everybody was, first. the first thing people say is, I don't really have a story to tell. And about six weeks later, they're like, I think there's something I could share. And then at the three month mark, they're ready to write and the the we did a year of writing and workshopping and the that we ask people to they have to relive all these experiences that they've tried to bury or get behind them that is very difficult it was the hardest thing i had done since my father passed away, to uncover all of those stories and get it into a narrative that might be actually useful or helpful to someone else. And we know when girls come in contact with the curriculum in that format, personal narrative, they won't get it all. But when something happens to them, they have a name for it now. And they'll remember that story. And the goal was to ask women, so this was happening, like for me, this was, I was sitting at my desk and the screen went blurry and i was like um so i'm um, i can't really see um it had gotten to the point where I started suffering with migraines and you know how sometimes there's form of migraines? Yeah, that, ocular. Yeah. So the nurse working there, I mean, there was a nurse on site, a retired nurse, and she said, you know, maybe you should go home if you can't see. And I'm like, no, no, no. I have to... The, <laughs> thought, that, the thought that I needed to do something rather than take yeah. care of myself is a sign that there was something very wrong. But um, what I was getting at was Black Female Project. So um, women had to tell these stories. So we then asked them, what did you have... Stop and think about that moment. How did you feel? What happened to your body? What kind of support system did you have in place to get through that? So we know autoimmune diseases show up a lot. We know hair loss shows up a lot. And um, when women are able to, we had one contributor who said, look, I don't care what you do with my story. I just need to tell it and let it go. So just being able to document it is freeing for the women. We thought we were doing something for the girls coming behind us, and it turned out to be a healing project for us as well. Wow. How many women? Um, So um, we have personal narratives of about 15, well, maybe 20, including the anonymous ones. Um, the first nine were released in 2018. So the inaugural collection is available for download on the website at www.blackfemaleproject.org. And then we have a podcast at um, on SoundCloud to collect other women's stories. Wow. Mm-hmm. And then we've done live events. We had a conversation a series in New York City, Washington, D.C., and Oakland. And then we also wow. have live events from time to time in the Bay Area.
8: Wow. And you started this.
7: Almost five years ago. I mean, this is your child. Yes. Yes. So women, you were asking about how many women. So we looked at this also as a research project. So during those live events and during our conversations, we've been collecting data all this time. And the number one thing people enjoy is just sitting in a room where they can tell, see people who
8: look like them, whether they speak or not, and feel affirmed. Wow. I'm first of all, I'm just really amazed. And when you started it, I'm mean, got to ask, you did you start it all by yourself, and what was the first thing that you did in order to start it, and who did you talk to 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 get it going? So the first
7: thing I did was look for something like this. Because I just wanted a resource to understand what was going on with me. If my parents had prepared me well and I was doing, this this is what we tell girls, uh, black girls in particular, work really hard, do what you're supposed to do, go to college and you'll be fine. And then somebody pulls a rug up from under you and you had no idea that there are some strategies that have been tested and they're tried and they work really well to make people unsettled at work. And there's certain things that work really well for black women. Like what? Like like telling me that I haven't met expectations well you know what I meet expectations everywhere I go so what exactly are you talking about like this is problematic for me because I work so hard and most of us you know you gotta have a certain level of intellect to get into certain places and be able to you know we're sensing motivations and we're analyzing situations of course this is the thing that this is maybe you can help me with this I I believe implicit bias exists however if I have to analyze everyone around me and it's on me for my for me to be useful in any situation to try have a basic understanding of the person sitting next to me I then am infuriated at the thought that someone else can write it off as well it was just implicit bias I didn't know and of course I'm not you know I understand I've seen some of the science yes I'm getting there but that that rubs me the wrong way because I think it's a it's helping people be comfortable talking about it when it really goes back to what you said before I didn't have to care so I just didn't do it I didn't have to care that you were going to show up different than me. I didn't have to care that um, when I perceived you as angry, it could have been something else, right? So when when the um, old boss says to me, well, you seem really angry, and I'm saying to him, well, how are you defining that? And the, the the woman from Long Island, who's sitting across from both of us, gets rolls back in her chair like, oh, this is about to be real good. Let me relax and watch. Because, of course, I'm not angry. I'm very impatient passionate about what I'm talking about you're uncomfortable because passion in your sphere looks different and women may or may not you know the feistiness of um, a small framed woman who you don't who you feel like you have control over versus a different type of woman showing up and taking up space, there's something that rises up for you. I don't have to like totally understand all the reasons why, but you don't get to call me angry. And some people are like, yeah, call me angry, whatever. But for me, that's too easy. Like, what else do you have? Like, let's, can we, if you're going to analyze me, let's talk about why you use that word and my name in the same sentence. So, um, being able to have that conversation isn't always a possible, it isn't. And your point, I saw a lot in the research, you asked me, how do we start the project or how did I start the project? So I started doing research and asking people and looking for this kind of work. And a lot of it exists. What I wasn't, and I think there's more going on in college campuses and research departments but that's really hard to get in to find until you either go there or get a contact so I was looking for black female experiences detailed around work experience there is a seminal work our separate ways which studies the first group of women who came into corporate and it looks at black women and white women and tells their stories and they have a lot of data with that project it was very helpful as we started so I started I asked a few people to write stories with mine so that we could then ask a bigger group to write stories and submit the women who were writing two of them approached me on separate occasions and asked for a time to meet the other women who were submitting I thought we'd meet a few times while they were writing and that would be it for the live events and here we are four years later still convening women in conversations and now partnering with other organizations like um, um, NCNW, start Nash. I NCNW. You'll have to look that up because I cannot remember right now all of the acronym. A um, Black Teacher Project. We will have our fourth annual conversation with them in um, for Women's History Month. We have a format where the women, Black women in the center, have a conversation, much like what we do when it's Black women closed door only. Other people can come and observe, anyone, but we give the women an opportunity to step out. There's no Q&A. We do a small workshop with the people who are observing so they can process what they've heard, but we protect those women at all costs. So what we've learned over the last couple of years, testing this out and modifying it when people ask us, can you modify here or there? What we learned is that that is still not safe for women. It might be a black man who speaks up and is uncomfortable because he's looking for a solution and we're just trying to talk about the reality of what happened. We're trying to be and say out loud that this happened to us at work. Well, you should have done this and that. See, our format was right. Let's keep that circle closed. You have the privilege to observe.
8: So, if there's any young black women listening to this podcast, mm-hmm. and we have all kinds of people who listen to this podcast, mm-hmm. would you suggest would you suggest that that they that they contact you?
7: sure I mean yes and check out black female project also listen to the podcast we've had people write to us about the podcast saying this affirmed me so much I knew I wasn't alone but even preparing for girls start navigating In school like school age girls are figuring out you know what i get treated differently the work of african-american female excellence at the oakland unified school district more and more is going to come out of that department but they have documented and are talking about the sexual harassment um and the kicking girls out of class and what's happening with black girls at, at, in, they're being treated differently than other girls in these, the school. We start understanding that very early. My focus is on the workplace because that's where I was living at the time, and that's what I needed to address. So for young girls, number one, you're not alone. You woke up brilliant. You're going to be brilliant no, no matter what level. I see a lot of junior practitioners, too, because I love to, you know, part of, I came from educators. I love to teach in my area of focus. So don't let people tell you or give you some weird vibe that you're not a director you're not a this or that and therefore your value is less. Every single person in the orga- organization is needed for the organization to be functional. If you were not there, there would be a problem. Something would be missing. Understand you woke up brilliant, no matter what anybody says, and believe that. That's something I didn't do. I let myself be defined by other people. The other thing is see yourself through your own eyes. And what I mean by that is, as we've um, I'm facilitated conversations and also, um, Our leadership team, I'll mention Fern Stroud, my sister, um, Che Abram, um, gifted, gifted speaker and diversity specialist in higher ed, as well as um, members of our advisory board have, as we facilitate conversations uh, over the last four years have, the one thing that comes up, A, there's never enough time. People are like, all of our evaluations, can it be longer? Can it be longer? Um, can we meet more often? The other thing, the reason why is because um, women need to, how can I say this? You are, you are fine the way you are. See yourself through your own eyes. Women will get up at all ages. It's fascinating. And they talk about themselves through the lens of their bosses, through the lens of their, um, you know, their partners or boyfriends, through the lens of all these other people, but they don't see themselves. So we have mirrors that we got, and we on the back of it says Black Female Project, and we say if you want to see power and beauty, turn it over whenever you need to, and they turn it over and they see themselves in the reflection, and women of all ages flip out because you have to see yourself for yourself and next year we really want to tackle this question of how do I now now that I'm aware of what's going on and I'm kind of paying attention you can live above all the stuff to maintain the status quo the strategies used against people you know a lot of women of color show up in the workplace and have similar outcomes we come from different places but it is similar outcomes you know being disregarded being hypersexualized, black women being asked to dance at work events I'm um, being touched inappropriately. All of this, um, you know, backing out from under, of, of after installing some IT stuff and being told, yeah, that's where I like women on the, f- you know,
8: on their knees. And no repercussion. Yeah. Um, so... And also, and, and, and unfortunately the environment in our country is not is getting less and less supportive it's it's more of a so what you know i want to take a break for a second and then i I want to come back and i want to start talking about i want to talk about the angry black woman and also in situations like yours responses that 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 women can give so i just want to tell people this is sima lieberman the inclusionist listening to everyday conversations on race with everyday people and if for everyday people if you want to know more go to www.raceconvo